Testing. Oh, there we go. Hello. You don't want the microphones, do you? What? You don't want uh, the micro, the headphones? Nah, nah. Just whatever you do, do not flick the poor uh, microphone. We should have brought the glasses so you put it all on there. That way you don't like mess with <laughs> it, you know? Okay. Oh, yeah, I am recording. <laughs> all right. Um. So this is Tony Shawa, your Jive as Alien, with, of course, my co host, Beth, the Supreme Deity. Supreme Deity hanging out. And we're going to do this is probably like. The two-parter, the final episode of our uh, of our show here. Uh, we've made it through the year. Uh, what I was reading something, and I thought, oh yeah, yeah, that's what it was. So I had a weird kind of dream in August, and I think I didn't bring it up, but it turns out the first episode we did was in July. I can't give you the date because I can't look at my phone now, but I, I just remember it was in July. Uh, do you remember that, Beth? When we started out? Or not, not the exact date we started. I- it's all kind of meshed together. Has it really been since July? Yeah, since July. Wow. So half a year. Um, I don't know the exact, because at first I wanted to do every two weeks, and then I kind of changed it to weekly. And I scramble a bit, but it kind of distracts me, you know, just just in general. So it's kind of fun to do, you know. Uh, and I remember after the first episode, your uh, key complaint was that it rambled, to, like, way too much. Well, it's like we, it was just all over the place. It was very scattered. Well, I mean, all the other episodes have been kind of like that, don't you think? But Yeah, but um, <clears throat> I don't know. We at least tried to bring it back to the plot after a while. So none of them has been as bad as the first one? No, the first one was just very, it seemed very unorganized to me. But yes. It, it like jumped around a lot. And well, that's cool that you, because to me, I don't really feel like I've done different, but I feel, of course, I'm listening more and we kind of, we tied in a lot more like... Honestly, the ones that are kind of the, the trickiest for me to do is the ones when we bring Mark in. Cause mm. Yeah, yeah, the two of you get... Uh, Mark's a talker, and, you know, the two of you get talking. So just, I just start to zone out after a while. Like, the first episode was pretty crazy, but I think from now on, we've gotten it, like, like how you're saying, in general, the show, the scope has gotten, you know, a little more, a little more narrow, but his, we're still pretty wide, <laughs> but we're slowly bringing it in, you know. Mm-hmm. Not, not as... Um, and especially when I bring my sisters in, but uh, ever since this, the very second episode where it was me, Jesse, and Julie, mm-hmm. the three of us, that's still the highest rated show. It's got like 20-something downloads by itself. Really? So I kind of, yeah, I thought to kind of recreate that magic, I'd bring in, uh, you know, the other two. But, yeah, that was that was a mistake. I just want to make sure that I'm recording right because <laughs> I can hear myself pretty good. No, nah, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's <clears throat> uh, I'm trying not to laugh. <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, well, yeah, okay, so we, and this is kind of, it all ties in perfect. It wasn't planned like this, by the way, but I got a new desk, uh, thanks to an um, anonymous sponsor, but I got a new desk, and the layout is a lot better, because now we can see each other even clearer, because, you know, mm-hmm. we have that you know, dynamic, we kind of know, we don't need to see what the other one's doing, we know mm-hmm. just kind of by your talking, if you're even paying attention, you know what I mean, right. we, don't have, we don't have to be like, but now we can see each other, but I'm wearing my mask, so it's kind of pointless, you know, it's like... <laughs> And so now you're getting distracted too. Much, yeah, right? I'm trying not. To <clears throat> uh, all right. Say, put your human face back on. <laughs> That's like the most hideous one too. You know? uh, all right, so you've anyway, done. Back to the dream you were talking about. Oh yeah, so I should have brought that up. You know, what? I'm taking it off for sure now. <laughs> it's actually. I'm kind of <laughs> testing how comfortable I am. Good thing I don't have more hair because that, that would have definitely messed it up. Do you wear that out to the <clears> store? <laughs> the mask? Yeah. Yeah. No, no I should. You're not supposed to. You're supposed to have a mask anywhere you go. So. Well, you know, good segue because 
one big thing I wanted to avoid, like since the first episode was a whole, this two, 2020, it's the obvious, the, the giant elephant in your bed, mm-hmm. the, the COVID, right? And you had your, your, I don't know if we named it before, but you had your daughter's birthday earlier this year, mm-hmm. right after it kind of started. And, you know, you invited me and, and I went and it was just, it was just like a, a handful of friends. Yeah, a lot more people said they were coming than at the last minute oh, that's they right. bailed on me. No excuses because you didn't follow nobody anyway. Well, the excuses I got were like, oh, I'm feeling sick. And I think it was just, you know, the... Got a little um, worried. The placebo, uh, what do you call it? Uh, psychosomatic. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just don't want to be around groups of people. It's like, dude, we all see each other separately anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not like we have the, the one spoon per household, you know, predicament. Like, we're just like, all right, after all I'm done eating, I'll just hand it to you. Mm-hmm. Like, we, you, that's kind of, I guess, one of some of our dynamics. We're very much like, we don't want to be physically close, but we're, you know, you take care of your daughter and your husband. You guys are really close. Mm-hmm. I'm real close to my nephew. But as far as even us friends, we don't shake hands. We don't hug. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean we don't, like, you know, care care about each other. You know what I mean? We're just, mm-hmm. it makes us a little slightly uncomfortable. Like, you had a, a you know, we talked about through the show, you've had a um, kind of, not unusual upbringing, but very much, like, uh, active or, you know, your thing with your, with your brother and then with mm-hmm. your mom and, you know, moving. So you have this very sort of, like, uh, independent right you have this sort of independent and then with me yeah. my my whining that you know oh, they try to abandon me as a baby and stuff and so i kind of been pushed away from the family but by my own doing you know the, the way i interpret it that mm-hmm. kind of caused me i caused myself you know a lot of that that strife and that's another good segue to the segue the segue where <laughs> last year um it was really tough for me last year uh, i don't know if you remember you know the, the thing we we're kind of doing and, I, and we had this moment where I think I, I don't know if I told you or not, but I have I have like a nervous breakdown, like, and I've had a few kind of throughout the years. But the thing is, like, I there's no rhyme and reason. I can't mm-hmm. say like, mm-hmm. oh hey, my nervous breakdown is coming up, so let me just take a day off work or whatever. Like you've told me, like, while we're talking, we we usually talk through text, and you're just like, you know, I'm just feeling really, you know, down or blue or something like that. Like you didn't really get into the details of it. You just said that you're not feeling. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think I don't know if it was around right around that time, but it just last year was real tough. I had I kind of didn't realize it, but I was I was struggling through a lot of anxiety and stuff throughout the year, and so I had a lot of moments like remember I deals with my car. I think like in my head I exaggerated them. Like they mm-hmm. weren't they weren't mm-hmm. terrible, but like to me it was like end of the world type stuff. So I mean I was down in San Diego and I had a I had a bailout like after a day just because I just couldn't be there and I. It's this weird phenomenon where I don't want to be anywhere. Like, I'm at work and I'm freaking out because I don't want to be at work. And then I come home and I don't feel like I do anything. So then I don't want to be at home. So it's it's just like this You don't mania. feel comfortable anywhere you go. Yeah. And so I've done that before, too, even before this year. But I feel like in general, I'm just uncomfortable anywhere. Like, mm-hmm. I'm uncomfortable at your house. I'm uncomfortable at work. I'm uncomfortable talking to my friends. So I'm just uncomfortable in general. So what I do is what they... I call kind of what the show's trying to do is controlled chaos. Mm-hmm. So I do a thing where I know I'm going to freak out. So if I could direct it, you know, like that energy, it sort of it comes out okay. And the perfect example is the show. Like just talking mm-hmm. on like, 
I've told you many times, the whole setup to the show, I'm, I'm freaking out because it was like, okay, do mm-hmm. I have the equipment? You know, I've had that issue with that cable a couple weeks ago, stuff okay. like that. And so I get all like panicky. But the minute I, f- I, I click record, we're just, we're just conversating, you know? Like I don't have a headphones on. It's just you and me just chit-chatting. And, yeah. and we know the flow of the, of the conversation. So if we get in a low in there, we know just to like change it up or just... And so that's kind of, I feel like the show, it's controlled chaos where I have a certain topic roughly that I want to talk about, but w- there's no like strict formula where it's like, well, I'll stop talking about the Simpsons again because, you know, <laughs> no, yeah, because we met the quota or we're going to get sued by Disney or whatever, you know, so, <laughs> but yeah, so last year I, I had this nervous breakdown and the the worst part of it, the kind of the culmination of that was, um, it was, it was, I don't want to give too much info about it, but we were in a certain place at that, you know, in that night or whatever. And it, it was a two-part thing, and the first part, like, from the get-go, it felt like I was there for hours, and I'm and it's, and it's crazy because I was sitting there by myself. There was nobody next to me, and I just I was, like, gritting my teeth and just, like, like clenching my fist. Like, I just wanted to leave. Like, I just, like, I don't want to be here. And, like, it just, I, nothing went into my head because, like, I was just, like, white noise kind of, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there was a break, and so I, I rushed to the bathroom, and I'm in the bathroom just kind of, like, hyperventilating. Or trying to hyperventilate, but there's somebody else in there that that I know that I'm chummy with, and they're talking to me, and in my head I'm just like, shut the fuck up and leave, please, like mm-hmm. get out the fucking bathroom. And I'm just like sitting there trying to like you know keep that face of like, hey man, and, and he's you know doing small talk, and I'm like, if you don't even like in the next ten seconds, I'm gonna put your head through the toilet, man. Mm-hmm. Like please stop. And so he finally left, and I just sort of collapsed, and, and I'm like sitting there hyperventilating, and I said like I gotta go, and so I darted without talking to anybody else, and you know, and I was gone. So. That was kind of that sort of culmination, that moment that made me think, like, you know, I'm not okay yet. And so it's an ongoing process and stuff like that. And I brought up with, like, Chris Cornell's death and stuff that affects me, you know, negatively. Like, a lot of times, if I'm in control or I feel I'm in the driver's seat, even if it's hectic, it's still okay. Like, I'm very good with, um, I don't know, like, I'm not trying to connect it with what we did very recently, but it's in that same vein where I kind of knew... You even told me, like, are you thinking of me to pull this off? You have, like, one day. And mm-hmm. it's not necessarily that I believed in myself, but I just thought, like, I, I kind of know what the outcome is going to be, so I know how I want I want it to work out. And so as long as I just focus on the process, it, it was okay. You know, mm-hmm. it didn't bother me. That's the kind of stuff that I just can't really put into words. Like, I, I'm constantly reading these affirmation things, and I'm constantly, like, talking to myself, you know, there's nothing wrong with talking to yourself. It's when you start answering when you should do it. <laughs> That's when you're like, uh-oh, you know. But, mm-hmm. No, when you start uh, answering and you get into group arguments, that's when you need to get some some more <laughs> some help. help. Yeah, and, and that's the whole thing where you know um, mental health thing is very taboo, and, and people you know it makes you feel weak. But then you hear like a celebrity that, oh, I had a little uh, um, exhaustion, and then people just you know throw all this attention on them or whatever. But it's becoming a lot more open. You know, it had those those ties in where it's like people kind of. Um, attributed to like being effeminate or being weak or being mm-hmm. but like you know uh, real men don't cry you know boys don't cry but it's kind of well you see that as bs because you see it from like the the strongest guy to the sm- uh, smallest guy where sometimes it happens where you just you don't know how to make sense of stuff you know mm-hmm. and i mentioned to touch on throughout the show where i have there's mental health issues throughout the family so it's almost if you just ignore it or you pretend it's not there it's just gonna it's there anyway you know so if mm-hmm. you don't take care of it it's, it's not gonna work so i worked through that throughout the year and definitely the show is kind of what helped me out so that's kind of why 
even though you know I'm not making money off it or nothing, it, it was just enthusiastic. And so I get that one person that says, "Hey, that was pretty cool." And so it 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 it, it kind of uh, livens me up, you know, it makes mm-hmm. me good. What kind of feedback have you gotten from the show? Or um, I haven't gotten really any. Um, a lot of my family and friends don't listen. <laughs> they they just don't. Do they, they just don't? They just don't get it. They're they're oh. not really. You know, the only one friend that's really into podcasts and. I don't know if she listens or not. She never really brings it up. So. Oh, it's probably just like in case I, I want to or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, so it seems the more that when I have my sisters, for sure, they're going to listen to it. Like, mm-hmm. like absolutely. Because I don't know. They want to hear themselves, I guess. Or they want to see how much I man- manipulated their, their voices. <laughs> but I, I don't know which episode is the one that really kind of clicked for me. But it was just really good getting all the, all the stuff up. I feel... I kind of locked myself in, and it was kind of annoying in the beginning because people would say, like, well, why should I listen to the show? And that's a valid point, but it's like, I don't know. You listen to all the other damn shows. Yeah. Mine's is free. Like, what's it cost you? And then you're talking to them, and the way they describe shows, it's almost like like background noise. Nobody's listening to it. But then when mm-hmm. I hear that one person that I listen to, like, wait, that was pretty cool, and that was pretty interesting, and, and it's flowing. So let me just jump back before we get too far out. So we start in July and you know we still breaking the ground. The first ten episodes was just sort of like reliving my life. Mm-hmm. And Fridays and Saturdays, I stay up really late. Um, I don't get to sleep till like really really late, and so a lot of times I'm kind of delirious almost. I guess when I sleep, and, and and again it's that controlled chaos. I know I'm not driving anywhere. I know I'm not like um, you know uh, like controlling the stock exchange or something critical. Like. It's just my weekends. So it's my time off. And nowadays, again, because of COVID, nobody's going anywhere. Um, well, let's talk to you more, Beth. How did you handle the, the, the whole COVID situation? I have my whole deal, but what, what do you think? Well, personally, I just I, I just think it's not as bad as everyone says. I mean, I did everything we're supposed to do. You know, I don't argue with the clerks at the <coughs> store about wearing a mask or not. Just wear your mask. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, you don't get your gun from the car. And, yeah, I mean, rights. like, uh, I have a friend in retail, and just hearing some of the horror stories from her when they ask people to put masks on, it's just like it's it's like they're asking you to, you know, you know. Shave your pubes or yeah, something. Yeah, it's like, you know, get naked or something. It's like they, they treat it as much more of a big. It's very politicized. Um, yeah. Very politicized. yeah. It, it, and, you know, I hate politics. I cannot yeah. stand politics. But things have been so bad lately, and it's like everywhere. It's like I've been forced to pay attention to politics, and it pisses me off. That you have to pay attention to, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I just never really thought it was as bad as the media made it out to be. I just kind of shut myself away from the media because I just got tired of hearing it. And, you know, in general, uh, you're pretty shut off from the media, right? Like, yeah, but it's even more so than usual. I mean, it's like <laughs> I'm quite happy under my rock, and <laughs> but you know, I'm kind of dug a hole underneath my rock, and I'm going deeper. <laughs> With your little like blanket fort, huh? Yeah, just, yeah. I mean, you know, I I do what I'm supposed to do. You know, I wash my hands and um, wear a mask, but I'm not gonna let it affect my life too much. I mean, it's. I think I think it was all just you know, an exercise in government control and yeah, both know, media, ways. media control and, and stuff like that. So, but you know, I I always believed it, it's like I was talking to Mark about this the other day, um, just getting into going off on a COVID tangent here. But yeah. um, it's become the social standard 
to be a germaphobe. It's like if you're not a germaphobe, you're dirty and disgusting. You're That's okay. kind of like the the standard that it has <clears throat> been kind of accepted by, you know, the, the masses and people don't realize that being a germaphobe makes you sick. Oh, it like weakens your immune, your immune system. system you yeah. have to be exposed to some germs in order to maintain your immune system. And I've been saying this for years and years and years. It's like we're going to be people living in the bubble in like 50 years. Yeah. You know, because nobody's, you know, letting their immune system get strong. So well, it's like so since that became like the social standard to be afraid of germs, now everyone's getting sick because their immune system can't hang. So the minute they get a touch of it, it just, it just hits them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like I've, I've known um, people who, like, you know, they have children. And they're like, oh, no, don't get dirty. Don't get dirty. Don't get dirty. And their kids are always sick. They're never out, like, in the backyard playing with yeah, dirt. Yeah, no, it's like, mud. no, 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 come in, you know, take a shower. You know, here's some sanitizer. You're, you're going to get covered in germs. And, and their kids are always sick. Because they don't let their kids develop their immune system. Other than your daughter, do you kind of, you might not even not register, but I'm always observant of a lot of stuff. But do you ever even see kids with like um, grass stains on their knees, stuff like that? Not e- anymore. Yeah. I mean, especially since technology, you know, playing with your friends is going online. Yeah. Kids don't go outside and play nearly as much anymore. And it's, to me, this is, you know, by no means are, we're not on any side or whatever because yeah i'm trying not to get up on a soapbox here. well because we you and i mean that's why I, I think we have the same kind of mentality but you and i don't have the answer we don't know no. exactly what's what you should do do we know what we do for ourselves exactly. and we know that it works you know because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, a lot of stuff i think it's a lot of different i mean i don't think it'd be this serious this episode but it's pretty good mm-hmm. well a lot of different avenues that affect it because overall there's never one it's not a switch right it's not mm-hmm. a one thing where it's like where you're going to have uh, chaos or you're going to have control or you're going to have uh, peace and war. It's it's a amalgamation of things. Mm-hmm. Like, you jumped on two different... I had two different sort of tangent offsets when you were going about that. Like, one about the germ things and, and you know, your com- compromised immune system. Another big deal is... Um, and I've thought about this for years, antibiotics. You know, mm-hmm. you get every little sniff when you're like, Doc, I need antibiotics because... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to take care of you right away, right? Instant gratification. Instant gratification. But yes. what's going to happen is next time that disease comes around, it's going to get stronger. So we have super germs. Yeah, super germs and, you know, everything's mutating to get stronger and people are getting weaker. And <clears throat> and, and and so off, you know, so we don't do a whole tangent on that. But then going back to the whole kids and getting grass and dirty and stuff like that, we have the whole, I don't know about if you remember, but from growing up, I used to, you know, watch on the news and stuff, but um, Stranger Danger. Oh, yeah. That started, yeah. what, 70s? But it, it, it still it's still like it wasn't really that bad when we were kids, yeah. but now it's it's really bad. It's like, you know, my mom, you know, I know she means well, but every time, you know, I say we're going to Walmart, she's like, right next to you, you know, don't let her walk away. You know, people are yeah. going to come and they're going to steal her and you're never going to see her again. Jeez. And, you know, it does happen. Yeah. It does happen. You, you hear about it all the time. You know, even... Here in, in Fresno, you the Amber Alerts, yeah, yeah. things yeah. like that, and it's you know with the human trafficking, it gets really bad. But um, and that stuff is much worse, and that's kind of the thing with the media, whatever. That stuff is, from what I understand, much worse than what we're aware of because 
it doesn't mm-hmm. matter to us, right? Unless somebody we love it's, yeah. it's abducted, then it's like, oh, now it's hitting home. And that's tied that back in. I say a lot of people have the mentality of until it happens to me, it won't happen to me. Yeah, and so it's that weird balance where you have to be, don't be ignorant about it, mm-hmm. but don't sit there and pretend like that's the only thing you have to worry about. You know? Yeah, don't don't get overly paranoid. Don't let the, the fear r- rule your life for you. You know what I mean? You got to, you know, a lot of... Be cautious. Yeah, be cautious, yeah. but don't be, you know... Just End totally the world, paranoid, you know. Uh, prepper type yeah. stuff. Well, it's so I'm, I'm kind of thinking. I mean, and that ties back in. This is all going to tie. I guess we're going to do the COVID special. But <laughs> I, I said it like since the first episode. So what, twenty something episodes in? Like now we're going to do nothing but COVID. But yeah, that ties Just get it out of the way. Yeah, well, well it's because we're doing an interesting take on it. We're not saying that it's the original take. We're not saying that it's the the it's the one you and I personally have sort of. Yeah, our our views can be different from yours. That's fine. People are allowed to have sep- you know, different ideas yeah. and it's not challenging your existence. And, yeah, it's called you know freedom of whatever. You know, just the freedom to just talk because we're not saying this is the answer, but for us personally, it's working. So we kind of stick to. And we didn't even plan this out. We didn't kind of. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what you you've been doing, but just because of how we interact, I, I have a, a fairly decent understanding. You know. Mm-hmm. And for years, too, I've, I've kind of mulled that over my head. And that's kind of what I use this platform for. But um, the whole deal with, like, uh, stranger danger or abductions or mm-hmm. kids or that fear. I mean, any news, and that's kind of why you say you avoid it. The mm-hmm. first 15 minutes is, like, death, 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 murder, 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 like, kidnapping, whatever. And, of course, that stuff's happening and probably even more than you're aware of, you know, because, you know, I live in a, in a rough area of town. But it's not. There's nothing sexy about that sort of crime, you know? Mm-mm, but when mm-mm. you see something... That's why I can't stand video games or songs that glorify crime. It it pisses me off so much. It's like... So you're not a fan of, like, Grand Theft Auto? Where, like, glorify stealing cars? I, I cannot stand that game. I mean, Mark, Mark likes it. He likes oh. to play it. And I was just like, I'm going to go do something else. It's like, don't play this while Lily's awake, you know? Yeah. But, uh... Well, you know, if he does play it while Lily's awake, he's doing like the races and not uh, all the gunshots and crime and or, or picking like up that. the prostitute and then beating up the prostitute so you could get the money back. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> like I wish I made that up. Like that's just part of the, the thing. And yeah, you do it once because it's funny, and then you're just like, "Whoa, this is just dark, man." <laughs> and you get rewarded for it, and like mm-hmm. anyway. But see that I'm a mature guy, and it's funny because I just read yesterday. <laughs> what? Sorry. Did I say it's funny or what? <laughs> You're a mature guy. <laughs> oh, I didn't even. Sorry. No, so I didn't even think I said that. That's funny. Right. I might have to cut out my reaction because I didn't realize I said that. Uh, but that I just read too. I wasn't even planning this part, but I just remember because I, I read a lot of stuff. But some article I saw online where it was talking about like when the media manipulated, and, you know, or they just blatantly lied out, whatever. Mm-hmm. With video game stuff. Because this was 97, 98, 99, something like that, the Columbine deal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a freshman in high school, I believe. See, I can't remember the exact year. I, I think can't it, remember either. But I feel like I was in high school. Because if it was 97, I graduated seventh grade. So I was in uh, middle school. But you're kind of similar. You know, that's your, your um, puberty ages. So it's very similar stuff. So anyway, when that went, went and happened, I lived... So I was born in, in South Central Los Angeles. That's born and raised for 12 years. Then we moved out to a little city, which is, it's, it was still kind of violent and crazy, but it 
growing up, I was never kind of aware of that violence. So even mm-hmm. though, you know, news was boring, right? I lived through the L.A. riots, but that kind of violence, it wasn't until I moved out of there that I kind of looked back and saw news stories whatever. And then I was terrified because, like, how did my parents leave me out at night? Or what was I doing on the street on a Saturday night at 9 p.m. when I could have been shot? Cause I, but also kids don't think about those things. Yeah, and it's uh, – see, that's the where we don't know the answers. So what's the right question? Should we have been more sheltered or – you know, we turned out, I'm not going to say we turned out fine, but, like, I didn't get killed at that time. <laughs> they were still alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I, I've I've seen stuff, it might have been only once, I can't remember, but I have these very fuzzy memories, but, like, where I was walking, I see I saw, like, a hand hanging out of a dumpster, and I was walking down an alley, because, okay, you shouldn't be in alleys, uh, that's probably, you know, strike number one. But, anywhere. Yeah, anywhere. <laughs> now, I don't care if you're in rural America or South Central. Don't... In alleys where bad things happen. Yeah, there's a reason <laughs> that this stuff gets thrown out, just put it that way. Um, that's why the only time you should be, like, through an alley is in a car, you know, because you're parking in the back mm-hmm. or something. That's the only time, because you could speed up and hit something. Well, so I, I remember I was walking, and it was probably, like, dusk, you know. Um, cause I, it was kind of hard to see, but I remember seeing something like kind of hanging out of the dumpster and then I got, I got within like five feet of it. And that's when I saw like fingers and stuff. And if honestly, I guess in hindsight, like it could have been, a, a um, like a homeless person. What else? I was trying to say like, a like a mannequin, like a oh. mannequin or something. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean, I don't know why since I was ignorant of crime, why I would have thought like immediately like, Oh, that's probably a hand. But I remember just. Feeling like like my soul just did, just escaped. Like I said, I'm, I'll meet you at home, buddy. And just because I was just completely like, what the? F-? And so from from and then after oh no, after that, I forgot where I was walking or something. But it was like a trash bag, or maybe that's when I kind of just made up that story. But it was a trash bag like on the floor, and I remember kicking it. And something either I saw something or I just the, the heft of it, because um, it was a hefty bag. Mm-hmm. But it was like that was unintentional. But <laughs> no pun intended. No pun intended. But it was like a body was in it. And so I had, so from then on, I'd have this fear of bags on, on, you know, maybe for trash day. But whenever I saw a trash bag, I'd give like 20 feet of clearance. Like there's no way I'm getting close to just on the off chance that happened. But even then, it wasn't necessarily the, the, it was more of your imagination going, but you know, it ties into like, okay, so go back to Columbine. So when Columbine happened, I was reading how the media basically betrayed these kids as like these, these loners that they were picked on mm-hmm. and, and then they blamed it on Marilyn Manson. And yeah. so yeah. like, and then it turns out they never even listened to Marilyn Manson. Like they, mm-hmm. they weren't even fans. So Manson just got like, oh, you're he evil. You're yeah. Yeah. That was the easy answer. You know, it mm-hmm. wasn't like the parents weren't around to watch him or discipline yeah, him. Yeah, or... or- Listen to him or... Yeah, because how'd they get those weapons, you know? Like, exactly. I'm sure... Yeah, I'm sure... There's... I've seen the videos of them in the woods, like, practice firing. And it's like, nobody saw that or they didn't post it to... Like, somebody saw that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. I was reading a, um, a story online a couple of days... Probably about a week ago. Because, um, you know, all the kids are at school at home now. They got their... Oh, yeah. Their, Zoom. Yeah, uh, Zoom. Yeah. And, um, I guess there was a boy... Oh who, yeah, yeah, who yeah. shot himself in the head? Yep. While you know on his Zoom class and like I was reading the the article and the sister was in the room next to yep. it as she she heard the gunshot and the parents' response was, "Oh, it was an accident." I didn't see that part. Yeah, yeah it's like you, you're not gonna like acknowledge that maybe your son had a problem and maybe you were the problem or you could have prevented the problem it's just like you know stick the fingers in the ears go yeah. la 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 it was an accident la 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 it's like that's he had to go deliberately find that gun and you're 
Neil's parents' bedroom or wherever it was, you know. Yeah, he was like, what, 13 or something? He was pretty young. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was in sixth grade. So maybe younger than 13. Yeah, because me, sixth grade, I was like about 12, I think. Yeah, 11 or 12. Yeah, damn. So that that's, you know, and no one's going to know why. You know, it's going to be mm-hmm. that everyone yeah, wants an answer. exactly. So instead of trying to find an answer or look within, it's easier just to, and this is by no means, you know, critiquing the family because we don't know their situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're just, we're not passing judgment. We're just sort of analyzing it. But like the parents, you know, everybody's overworked right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know what the situation is where so many people working at home so many there's too many variables to to again pass like some yeah the, some sort of judgment or something everything's in the shitter right now basically so well, you, you don't know what's going I, I always tell people it's like you never know what other people are dealing with so just always be nice it's not hard to be nice it takes more effort to be an asshole, which yeah. I can tell you from firsthand experience, but it's a lot harder to be an asshole. <laughs> but it's like, you know, just kind of embrace it, I guess. It's like people like go to stores and restaurants and like treat the servers and workers like shit. And it's like, yeah. you don't know what that person's going through at home, you know? Yeah. Just be nice. It's not hard. <laughs> well, you know what? That's a perfect time for me to zoom in with like the, the spotlight and put you on the spot. Where it's like, oh, yay. Well, let's go back to the uh, storage because you had really strong opinions of, of like a lot of the homeless people, right? Yeah, but you know, that's because I knew they were pieces of shit. Well, you gave them a wide berth, right? Like when I tell me, because I know we talked about it on our storage episode, but. Kind of give me more background because we want to like pull out all the little nitty gritty stuff. Mm-hmm. But and you mentioned how you know when I started working there, I wasn't necessarily a, necessarily a pushover, but a lot of people got away with a lot of stuff. Nah, not a lot you, of people. You just didn't feel like it needed. You should put a whole lot of effort into dealing with them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I've talked about, I've told people stories like at my other job now that I've been a couple years which is very depressing in and of itself. But I told, I've told people the stories about like my interaction with some of the homeless people. And the best way I think for me was I would talk to them, not necessarily mm-hmm. like where I'm be getting to know them, but it was more like them getting to know me. So they knew like, Hey, I'm not just some pushover. You know? Yeah. A lot of them would talk to you whether you wanted them to or not. They're more than willing to tell you about themselves. And you know, you could tell, yeah, after after working with them for so long, because yeah. I was there a few years before you were, just you know, and you had long term people, right? Yeah, well, yeah. long term people, but you know, dealing with those t- um, types of people, you you could tell the ones that are trying are just victims of circumstance, and you could tell the ones that one either chose this life because they don't want to get a job and they don't want to you know have any types of responsibility society, yeah. or the ones that are just you know drug addicts and are where they are because of their own choices yeah because you, you know at the end of the day you do drugs you're, you're trying to hide something very few people are like completely using the drugs as f- sort of a way to to you know to mellow out and chill out constantly day after day just so they could like lie down in their own filth you know what i mean mm-hmm. there's because more than often, and I'm like giving it a wide berth, but a lot of those, the the homeless ones that were sort of problematic and and they chose that lifestyle. They were young. Mm-hmm. There's so, well, we had the mix, right? You had the older ones that like completely didn't do nothing, 
And then when it came down to like we're you know selling their threatening them not threatening them but going through the 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 um, contract and sell their their storage then they come back and their moms were paid it was always nine yeah, out of ten it was, was always, a mom it was always like a mom or a sister or some cousin family or member. some of my stuff is in there so I got to pay for this shit exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. or um, in some cases children I've had children oh, come in and pay for their parents storage what's what's for you personally what, what what's sadder the kids pain or the parents pain because you know you got both sides really i think it's sadder that the kids pay because um more than likely well the the parent's supposed to be the more responsible one that means that that kid saw the way their parents were decided they didn't want to be like that or the parents just never let them or never like allowed them to make mistakes like perfect example is that older lady and you know she would tell me like about her son that was on the street with her dog with his dog and she'd mm -hmm. say there she asked me a couple times and at first you know i wasn't comfortable with whatever but she's like i just don't know what to do tony and after a while i just told her like don't baby him like mm -hmm. let him let him find out how hard it is when you don't come pick up his clothing to yeah. wash it and yeah like fun. and he he's an example of the people that um are on the streets because they don't want responsibility because yeah. she said you know i've tried to get him to come live with me she's offering him a home a roof over his head a bed mm. yeah but he cho chooses not to go because if he went and lived with her he would have to be clean yeah he would have to do you know a couple chores around the house yeah, help out you yeah. know help out somehow so. she's elder she was elderly she's, she's retired yeah, she, yeah, she's in her yeah, she was 60s, probably 70s. 60s 70s yeah. yeah and she was you know sweet as can be but you know because she enables his behavior. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and I get it. You know, as a parent, you you want your babies to... They're perfect. You know, you know right? no, no, not so much, you know, they're perfect. It's just you want them to be taken... You want to take care of them. Yeah. But, you know, you got to cut that cord at some point. Well, so I, I, wonder, I wonder what was her sort of worry then because... He was okay being on the street. It was her concern, I guess, mm -hmm. that she didn't know where he... Because she's always looking for him. She'd always be like, has he been by? And I'm like, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not his damn guardian, man. Like, as long as he come in and pay the storage, I don't care. But don't don't sit there and hang out, you know? Mm-hmm. That's got to cut out. Yeah, I don't got to <laughs> cut out. We're working on that for a minute. That might be the, the code intro. Yeah. Um, and, but... even, and, and him specifically, this, this is kind of the, the, the kicker. If you're thinking I'm being too harsh or whatever... Um, that's the thing that I'd get comfortable and talk to him. Oh, and he had mental problems. He had like yeah, schizophrenia. Yeah, he had like, schizophrenia. He'd be back there, he's screaming at nobody. Yeah, I there was many times where I had to go and just deliver. Be like, hey, you need to cut that out. He's like, oh man, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. man. And so I'd be like, you've been here 20 minutes. Like, you gotta go, man. Just, geez, this isn't a, a hangout spot. And this, of course, in the beginning, it was definitely like taken advantage of because basically I'm coming into their world, you know, and so. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I kind of learned my, my strengths that, you know, then I started evicting people left and right. And yeah. it cleaned up quite a bit, but, you know, there was still the problem people. And once in a while they'd come in and, you know, we didn't we didn't try to be too desperate to hire, you know, hey, if you're here, we'll, we'll give you a room. Like, we had our criteria. Remember we had mm -hmm. where, like. Yeah, we had certain list like, of things. It's like if they come in, they have this or they do this or they're named this, just say no. Well, so <laughs> if I, I remember, I should have written it down, but it was like. Uh, three key principles if they came on a bicycle mm -hmm. and if they asked for the cheapest unit and if they call from a motel six that was your yeah you you gave me that rule mm -hmm. yeah so if you yeah if motel six comes up on the caller id and they're asking about cheapest, rates on storage the smallest, to say yeah. sorry we're full yeah so if they ask for the cheapest then secondly if they ask for the smallest 
and you're like, well, what are you trying to put in there? And they're like, well, I just want the smallest. And then they come in with like an RV and it's like, yeah, you can't fit that in there. And it's like, mm-hmm. but I wanted the smallest. Like, no, no. Yeah, I know. you. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. That was the, how many times do we have to upgrade people? And then they get mad because it costs more. Like, yeah, yeah that's why you yeah. don't. Bigger it, unit costs more money. What are you putting in there? It's like, well, I just need the smallest one. It's like, okay. And if they come in with a shopping cart, definitely say no. Yeah, that that became. And if rule. they came in missing most of their teeth, just say no. <laughs> You're just living flashbacks now. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, so real back back to the, the guy with schizophrenia, and the kind of kicker was that more than once deliberately he would tell me and show me like wads of money, and he'd say like he'd make he told me how much he made, and you know me calculating like, like panhandling. Yeah, just begging for money. He told me how much he made, like in a week, and he would make more than mm-hmm. I would work in there, tax free. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no FICA there, you know. That's I mean? why you see people that aren't homeless, you know, out on the street with a sign because they make more money sitting there looking pathetic than they would if they went to work. Yeah, and slowly, I think I mentioned that on an episode before, but if not, um, it kind of bears repeating. But the the reason I'm I'm so adamant about that is. Again, I was born and raised in South Central LA, and we had homeless people there. But those homeless people earn their money. You know, the classic squeegee mm-hmm. and, and wiper. I mean, or going and collecting cans. Well, yeah, they do that here too. But mm-hmm. basically, they weren't looking for handouts. Put it like mm-hmm. there was one guy that he would always, and I hated the kid. He was a he was a five years older than me. But you know, we got to fight with him or whatever. But anyway, but he would go to the gas station and offer to pump gas because mm-hmm. this is in Oregon or New Jersey. So well, I think Oregon got rid of it, but. You have to pump your own gas. So the guy's like, hey, hey, man. And he's not saying five bucks and I'll pump your gas. He's like, hey, and so you you flick him a quarter or something, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Of course, we never did because, like, well, we pump our gas. Like, get out of here. It's not hard, but. So they're walking around and they're asking. And, I mean, they would help. My dad hired a couple people like Mm -hmm. that because he he, uh, saw them around the the neighborhood. And so he helped them with his construction work. Mm -hmm. You know, just the grunt work. And they'd appreciate it, you know. What if they, of course they bought crack or, or alcohol, but it's okay. They earned it. It's only yeah. like, well, good for you, you know. It, it's it's a big difference between doing crack and just sitting on your ass or doing crack. When you, when you earn that crack, yeah, when you <laughs> when you earn that crack, that buddy, put this on, embroider this on his pillow. It's the sweetest crack you ever have. All right. <laughs> well, I remember one time it was when I was, um, I think I was living with my brother at the time. I had gone to the store to get groceries, and I was carrying the bags in. This little boy, probably about, well, not little, little. He was probably around eight or nine. Okay. Uh, He came up to me. He's like, "Uh, do you need any help carrying in your groceries? And I was like, okay, yeah, thank you. So he he offered his services, and I paid him some money for it. He didn't say, you know, if you give me a dollar, I'll help you. Yeah, yeah. He just came up. Yeah, he came up, offered his, you know, help, and, you know, and enterprising young lad, you know, he goes out and finds a way to make money by helping people. At least he didn't like, as he's walking into your, your doorway, he didn't like trip and fall. And then he starts, mm-hmm. you know, calling a lawyer or something, yeah. <laughs> lawyering up. Yeah, no, it was nothing like that. It was just, you know, a little boy, you know, looking to make some money, found a way he could help somebody for possibly some money. So, and, and I mean, it's and, and good work like that, you know, I, I'm more than happy to reward it's not like you walked up and just like, hey, ma'am, you got any spare change? You know? Well, <laughs> two completely different situations there. Well, I don't, I don't know if you remember if I told you this story. I think I told it on the podcast, but that was one one big episode for me. When I worked there, down the street, there was a grocery store, and that's where I would go buy my groceries. Mm-hmm. And 
I used to, I think I just had my motorcycle then, so I would like fit it into the, into um, a duffel bag and just strap it to the back because it's close by. It doesn't matter, you know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so I bought my my weekly groceries and I come out with like, it must have been like ten bags. Like I had both bags fully, just you know, my little muscle arm just kind of like swinging or whatever. And so I'm walking out the door and there's these two young, you know, they look no facial hair, I think, young dudes and they're sitting on the curb you know, off this, off the store. And as I'm walking past them, one of them like sticks his head out and he looks up at me. He's like, Hey, you got any, any change? And I, and I kind of looked at him kind of like, no, not like, no, nah, no, I don't. And he's like, all right. And then he just, I think he didn't even see him. He just went back talking to the other guy. So it's almost like, Hey, hold on, man. Before we finish talking, let me, let me just ask this let guy. Let me bum this guy. So I just started walking back. Like what, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of my train of thought of like, okay, going home, whatever. And then as I, I think it was after I got home where I thought like, this motherfucker, like, I'm sitting here with my two foot, and I, I say this scenario, and this this is what I assume he, in his mindset, or he probably didn't even think about it, but he wanted me to set down one of my arms, my heavy bags, reach into my pocket, get Give my, my change from my, you know, for for what? Because he asked? Mm-hmm. Like, that's dumb, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. If if I was just walking by and he asked, that's a different situation. If, um... If a quarter fell out of my pocket or something, he's like, and he picked it up and handed it to me. You know, there's there's different scenarios, but the fact that his mindset, or he didn't even look past me, he could have like, oh, let me help you with that, or like, can I help you with that, mm-hmm. or something. Then, you know, and he and it would have been like, all right, see, that's fine, you know, without even asking for change. But for him to expect me to put my bag down and give all that for what, just because he asked, like, no, I don't think so, buddy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he asked 20 people that, imagine and mm-hmm. two of those people enable that. Why would you do anything else? Yeah. You sit there all day and do that. You know, it's a, it's, it's a small grocery store, but it has a decent traffic. And I was just thinking, that, the, the gall of this guy, man, mm-hmm. is just disgusting. And another incident at storage, where <laughs> there's one other, and this this is kind it's of all at storage. It's all yeah. It's it's like a black hole. It just pulls you in. So now when I drive by there, I always gun it. Like I'm like, <laughs> oh shit, I took a turn on here, so I just gun past it. Because it just dr- draws you in. See, I look. It's like, is this place in flames yet? Yeah, I do uh, that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Once in a while, <laughs> I, well, I'll Google. I'll Google it, and then it says, you know, open or just to be a little petty bitch. Like I like to check their their um, availability, and then you see that long list, and I'm like, well, <laughs> like, yeah, well, that, well, that wasn't there when we worked there. There was like three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was like three sizes, no discounts because we were like pretty stocked. Mm-hmm. Well, and mm-hmm. then the real fun kicker is if you remember this. I look, I look at like the manager photo, and mm-hmm. there's no photo because they got like a temp there or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I like. I think a lot of the places don't have their, you know, manager videos anymore. Well, not after I shamed them with our our epic one. Did I show it to you again? I thought, you, you sent it to me not too long ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I stumbled across it, and it was like a great find. And I remember thinking, God, we looked so young. It was just a few years ago, but we looked so young. Well, yeah, I was in the military still then, so I was in, in better shape. But it's so the last, you know, I've changed my appearance just because of boredom or whatever. You know, I didn't do nothing too nutty because of COVID. Um, I might have to just kind of wrap this up. We're already 43 minutes, but because <clears throat> we didn't even do the, the future episodes. But let's just kind of the whole COVID thing. Nothing really drastically changed for me personally there. Mm-hmm. Um I'm a, this is kind of the way we cope with it. And like you said, the only kind of key 
thing would be like the news that you know we sort of peek out our blinds and then see the the, the world going mad and we just go mm-hmm. like okay and then we go yeah. back you to disney and me to video games or this show or whatever but i'm i'm very i feel like i'm anti-social but at the same time mm-hmm. i could talk to people that's why i'm always uncomfortable so you could throw me in front of the president and i could talk and i could talk to him for an hour <laughs> and i could and you could sit me in front of like a little kid that's my, one of my favorite i think i've said it before and it's kind of part of my mantra but there's two um, two sections of humanity that I listen to without any filter, without any um, cynicism, and that's little kids and old people because mm-hmm. they're the only two groups that will unequivocally give it to you straight. Yeah, the either the little kids haven't developed the filter between their yeah. brain or their mouth or the old people have long since said, fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, I'm old, I'm cranky, everything hurts, everything leaks. Um, I've lived a full life, like... You know, mm-hmm. I'm not filtering myself anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't give. You know, they're the one. They're the classic stereotype where you're at a store and they walk by like the fuck up the way or something, mm-hmm. and you look and it's like grandpa in his scooter, <laughs> and you're like, you know what? Respect you, man, because I know you can't punch them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This your shit, but yeah, exactly right. The kids, they don't. Have, you know, how many times have you been somewhere and you hear a kid like, mommy, that guy's fat, and it's like, yeah. what? And it's kind of, you can't say that. Like, well, I mean, this is the truth. He is mm-hmm. fat. You know, so. And and the little kid's like, well, I'm fat too, so it's okay. So it's, <laughs> that's the thing that the, the kids don't, I don't know. Do you feel like they develop that filter earlier? I think it depends on their upgr- upbringing. Yeah. Because a lot of, you know, adults, you know, around young parents, you know, early 20s, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or 20s. Um, they have the filters, just some of them choose not to use it. Yeah, they're like, they're, they're mature. One thing that, oh, it's such a pet peeve for me and Mark both, people that act like complete and other asses, you know, will say, you know, anything that comes to their mind. And then they say, well, only God could judge me. (laughs) It's like, okay, so you're going to act like an asshole and expect me not to judge you. (laughs) Well, are they ever kind of like... Oh, but I'm I'm an atheist, or you know, like, oh, but I don't believe in God. So it's like, well, then, so you're just an it's asshole. kind of like yellow. It's just an oh. excuse to act like a dumbass. Or they do, you know, the classic where it's like, well, I'm sorry if you're offended. You know, it's like, well, if you got offended. <laughs> One thing I can't stand is when somebody starts a sentence with "all due respect," that means they're about to insult you, or disagree with you. They're about, <laughs> they're about to show you like zero respect. You yeah, know? with all due respect, yeah. I completely disagree with everything you just said, and you're an idiot. 